Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Would you all stand with me this morning? I am, like I said, I'm so, so excited because Pastor Sharon Doherty and her husband, Billy Joe, they're the founders of the church where I grew up, Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. How many of you have gone to an Easter production or you've gone with us over to Victory Conference? Many of you have. And those of you this next year, you're going to get your opportunity. But Pastor Sharon has been such a blessing in our lives. She just finished Oral Roberts University. You got your master's degree. She just finished that this year. And... But she is a singer, songwriter, author, amazing pastor. So would you give Pastor Sharon a warm vision welcome with me? Thank you so, so Thank you, Phil and Nicole. Thank you all. And just love you guys. And uh, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm saying you can be seated, but... Um, how many of y'all are grateful that we live in a country that we have the abundance to give away turkeys? Sing it with me. God bless America. This is a prayer. Land that I love, stand beside her, Lord, and guide her through the night with the light from above, from the mountains. To the prairies and to the oceans, wide with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet home, God bless America, my home, sweet Praise God. You can be seated again. <laughs> As Pastor Phil was uh, praying for the, those that were sick earlier, uh, I had planned to do that too, and I just felt to sing this to you because the Holy Spirit spoke to me years ago, and he said, you will sing as one with authority. And um, just like when they said of Jesus, he spoke as one with authority, not like the Pharisees. And I, I accepted that because I believe that when I sing, that there's healing that flows and there's deliverance that flows. So to not today, I'm going to ask for you to release your faith with me because I'm going to sing to you this word from the Lord. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Oh, nothing is impossible. For you, cause you hold my world in your hands, Lord, nothing is impossible for you, nothing is impossible, I believe that nothing is impossible for you, cause you hold my world in your hands. I believe in you, I believe 
You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. If you need a miracle in your life right now, I want you to stand. It could be physical. It could be financial. It could be a marriage. It could be a, a family situation, a child. Whatever it is, I want you to stand. Lord, we believe that nothing is impossible with you because you said it in your word. Say it with me. I believe, Lord. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles, Lord. I believe in you. I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, Lord. I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, oh. I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God. Is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible, Jesus. Nothing is impossible for you. Cause you hold my world in your hands. Nothing is impossible. For you, nothing is impossible, Jesus, nothing is impossible for you, cause you hold my world in your hands. Jesus, we believe in you. We thank you that you're the God of miracles, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You continue to heal. You continue to provide. You continue to protect. You continue to deliver. Lord, we release our faith in you right now for healing relationships. We release our faith in you right now that you can turn what seems to be going a wrong way. You can turn and take it a right way. We release our faith in you right now, Lord, that you are calling sons and daughters that have gone afar. You're calling them back to you. Lord, we release our faith in you right now for healing in Jesus' name. We release our faith in you, Lord, for restoration, that you can restore what the enemy has taken. In Jesus' name, we thank you right now for restoring right now, restoring lives, restoring, Lord, finances, restoring, Lord, in job situations, restoring relationships, Lord, restoring what the devil tried to destroy. We declare right now, Jesus, breathe your breath of life into each one here that's standing. Breathe into those situations. Like a rushing wind, Jesus, breathe within. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. In 
Lord, have your way in our lives. Whatever we need to adjust in us, that we would adjust so that you can work in a supernatural way in our lives and through our lives. Whatever the enemy has tried to cause to hinder the miracles from happening, Lord, we believe for your Holy Spirit to show us and, Lord, to remove out of the way. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we submit to you. We submit our lives to you. We draw to you. We thank you that you draw to us in all your restoration and all your power, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I saw in my spirit a face being healed. I don't know what that is about, a face, something about it, but it's being healed. And I also saw that someone that had messed up, that God is restoring in your life. It may not look the way it had been before, but it is a restoration that God is doing in your life. Not to become discouraged, but to believe that nothing is impossible with God. Yeah. Lord, thank you right now for your Holy Spirit moving among us and working in our lives. Yeah, there's a back that's being healed. Where you've been in great pain, where it's been hard for you to stand a long time, or it's been hard for you to uh, be have movement the way you used to, God's healing that. In Jesus' name. has had difficulties move with movement in your body right back here praise God would you stand Father in Jesus name you see each one of these and I pray believers would you just reach over and lay hands on them we release our faith today for freedom freedom of movement freedom Lord in their bodies yeah that's right. Freedom. Lord, no more pain. We bind that, that work of the enemy that's tried to, to stop them. In Jesus' name, we loose healing in you that you can move your ligaments. You can move that part of your body that you've not been able to move. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you care about everything that concerns our lives. And we expect, Lord to move by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You said you're the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and that you quicken mortal bodies. So right now, quicken these mortal bodies in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, yeah, I see my sister back here trying to do something that she was had a difficulty before. When we do things that we have not been able to do, take steps of faith, then the Holy Spirit is able to then work supernaturally with us. <clears throat> there was a man that came to our church on a Sunday night. I, I have a Sunday night meeting uh, every week, and um, I, we had already finished our meeting, and this guy came up with a, one of those double walkers. Have you ever seen a double walker? And so he was leaning on a double walker. He comes up and he's, he's to the front. I said, uh, 
did, you know, I noticed he came in late and I said, did you need prayer? And he said, yes. And he sat down on the front. And so um, I started to pray for him. I called over a couple other ladies with me to pray. And so as I was praying, I turned to this lady named Phyllis. I said, Phyllis, what you got in your spirit? She said, I just believe he needs to act on what we prayed. And so I said, well, brother, I said, I don't know you, but I think you should do what she just said. Get up and act on what she prayed. He jumps up. He takes off running, throws the double walker to the side. He takes off running back and forth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he falls on his knees and he lifts his hands to the Lord. Now, this guy looked like a leftover hippie from the 60s. Anybody remember, you know, but he had a long gray ponytail that came all the way down. Anyway, I said, well, brother, uh, who are you? Where did you come from? And and what What's going on? He said, well, 19 years ago, I fell off of the ladder where I was painting. And he said, I injured uh, my back. And he said, they did surgery. And he said, they put two steel rods in my back. They put two steel rods in my neck. And he said, um, I've been in pain all through these years. I've been on pain medication all through these years, 19 years. And uh, he named a few medications that he had. And then he said, um, But he said, look at this. I can touch my toes. I can bend. I can turn my neck. He said, I couldn't do that before. And so some lady said, well, did did God take, did God just take those rods out? I said, whether he took them out or made them flexible, the point is the guy can move, you know. (laughs) And, um, And so anyway, Ernie was his name, and he had just wandered into our church. You know, sometimes people just wander in. And uh, he, he wandered in, and he was looking for any kind of a meeting going on, and so mine was going on. So he got healed, praise God, and he's been coming ever since. That was like a year and a half or two years ago. And, um, you know, I've thought about God wants to move in his signs, wonders, and miracles, but we have to believe and then act in faith upon what he says. We have to do some things. Sometimes we want it just all be zap, hit me, and you know, that's it. But it's us cooperating with God, moving with God as well. So praise the Lord. I, I just believe the Holy Spirit is here among us, moving. I want to share one more song and then I'm going to get into my message. This song is one that um, speaks to our hearts that we have a calling on our lives. I hear a sound coming from the mountain. I hear it louder each day. I hear a sound coming from
in the hearts and lives of people, Lord. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our lives to you that you can use us, Jesus, in this hour as your voice crying out in the wilderness. Lord, we pray, help us to be led by you. In your name, amen. Praise God. You know, Matthew chapter 3 tells us that John the Baptist was a voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Every mountain will be brought down low, meaning pride of man will come down. Every valley will be exalted, meaning those that had gone through messes in their life, that that did not have to dictate their lives, that they could be raised up again. Every valley will be exalted. Every uh, crooked place will be made straight. So that which has been crooked, that which has been bad, can be made straight. And the rough places can be made plain. You know, we all have rough places in our lives. And sometimes we need, those, we need those rough places to be smoothed out as we walk with the Lord. We need to allow Him to work in our lives, to work out that anger, to work out that impatience, to work out that um, attitude of, you know, negativity or whatever it is that we let Him work on the rough places in our lives. Because he wants us to be his witnesses in this place that we're living in, in the world that we live in. And so in Luke chapter 1, verse 17, it says that John the Baptist was, um, he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And um, he came to turn hearts of fathers to children. It doesn't say their children in this verse. It says to the children. 
Turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the uh, disobedient to the wisdom of the just. So there's a lot of disobedient in this day that we're living in. And he's saying that we've been, we've been called to help them see that disobedience and to turn, to turn their lives in the, to, in the, in the hour that we're living in. And so um, he calls us to prepare the way of the second coming of Jesus Christ, just like John prepared the way for the first coming. We have been now uh, saved, filled with his spirit to prepare the way. We're not just saved and filled with the spirit just to sit on a pew or sit in a, a church. We're, we're, we have a purpose in our lives. Our purpose in calling, 2 Timothy 1, uh, 9 says, he saved us and called us with a holy calling according to his purpose and his grace. In other words, you may feel like that, you know, you may, you know, who am I that God could use me? I'm telling you, he can use anybody available. And so he does it not according to our works. He uses us according to his purpose. He has a purpose and he'll show you that purpose. And he has grace to enable you to do, empower you to do what his will is. Um, there's a lady that's in our church and she lives in Bixby, Oklahoma, which is a little outskirts of uh, Tulsa. And she was a teacher in our school, our Christian school. Now you would think, okay, she's in her purpose. She's doing good. But the Lord said to her, quit your job. And I've got something different for you. The point was is that she could hear that voice and she could follow that lead. I find that many Christians get settled and satisfied and comfortable in where they are. And then when the Holy Spirit wants to change a direction in them, they're not willing because they feel like this is my comfort zone. This is where I'm, I'm comfortable and everything's familiar to me. And so, uh, but she did. She quit the, the school position as a teacher. And uh, the principal, the superintendent said, why are you, you're one of our best teachers. Well, I'm just following that little voice. She did not know what she was going to do. And so, um, so Nancy, uh, she... She stepped out in faith. She went to our missions training school for a, a short uh, season for about three months. And then during that time, she prayed, she fasted, she asked the Lord, Lord, what am I to do? And the Lord said, I'm going to open up doors in government for you. So uh, she ended up going to a gathering where she met Senator Jim Inhofe. He's one of our senators of our state. And so Jim, at that time, had started an outreach in Africa to uh, poor children, helping them with education and with humanitarian aid. And so he said, I need somebody to lead, head that up. Would you do it? So that now Nancy went from, she said, I'm just a little woman from Bixby. She went from little woman to, from, from Bixby to meeting with kings of nations and uh, leaders of nations as she began to uh, function in that place that God positioned her, a, a different purpose, a different direction. She began to go before the UN in behalf of children. She started her ministry called Teaching the Children International. So since that time, she's now come back to the U.S. more, and she's gone before the UN the past three or four years regarding the education system of the United States because it is going the wrong direction. And so uh, she's gone before the UN for that. But here's a woman that she just said, I will be willing and obedient. And sometimes we look at our lack or we look at our circumstances and we think, who am I? 
And what could I do? Another woman that I know of, Silver Cook, she was in Indiana, and her husband left her for another woman. And so rather, she was in her 60s, and so rather than sit in her uh, self-pity, uh, she was watching television. She saw our, our program on the TV, and so she felt led to move to Tulsa to go to our Bible college. So she comes down here. She's a little white woman and goes to our Bible college. And um, so she, second year in school, she had to declare where she, what she was going to do. She said, I'm going to go into missions. She did not know anybody uh, beyond the United States. And so she, they said, everybody, before you graduate, you have to declare what nation you're going to. So she prayed. She got this nation, Uganda, on her heart. So she, she said, I'm going to Uganda. She didn't know anyone in Uganda. And so she ended up taking a trip over there to meet with a pastor. And, at, and then that pastor, she said, if you have other pastor friends, I'd like to meet with them because we, we can start, I can start Victory Bible Institutes in your country. Um, before she was 80 years old, she had started like a hun- uh, almost 100, somewhere between 80 and 100 Bible schools in Uganda. And uh, simply by going, in, going and meeting with pastors and saying, you need this to train your people uh, to, for discipleship and for ministry and getting your people doing the work of the ministry in your church. So here was a little woman. She could have sat in self-pity when her husband left her for someone else. Her, all of her grandkids and her children were back in Indiana. They said, why are you moving to Tulsa? You have no relatives there. You have no, there's nothing there. She said, I'm just following that little voice. The importance for us in this hour is to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Can we hear that voice and will we obey that voice in this hour that we're in? I went to the Franklin Graham March uh, prayer march. I'm over our prayer ministry at our church. And um, so I went to that Franklin Graham prayer march and with others and went to the Rabbi Khan uh, gathering. And with that march, what I felt as we were there worshiping and then praying as we were walking, uh, no one, you know, there was no one stopping us, which was a miracle in itself. The mayor of that city of Washington, D.C. had said anybody that came to those marches would have to be quarantined for two weeks. Three days before the march, she lifted that quarantine uh, directive. And so uh, a lot of people probably didn't go because of fear that they couldn't get back to their jobs that Monday. But there was at least 130,000 or, or to 200,000 people that were there. And as we were marching, it was Baptists, it was Charismatics, it was all these people together as we were marching and praying and worshiping God. I felt something that I had not felt since when I went to Russia at the first time. When I went to Russia the first time, uh, I felt like um, we had come through a window in space. Uh, the astronauts wait for a window in space before they will launch a rocket. And so, um, so we felt like when we went to Russia, we went in a window in space because people were desperate. People were very weary of communism. Uh, people were very hungry for what we had to share. And so we went when there was this vacuum that had happened. And when I, when I was there in Washington, D.C., I felt a similar feeling that people were desperate, people were weary. The taxi driver that we were with, he said uh, from uh, March until um, 
August, well, through August, I guess all those months, he said, this place has been like a ghost town. No taxis, no people, you know, uh, moved around. And he said, some people, that taxi driving is their only occupation. So that was their income. And uh, he said, now with me, I have other things that I can get income through. But he said, uh, it was a very difficult time. And so uh, what I felt was the desperation. I felt the weariness of uh, the COVID pandemic that's been going on. And I felt um, that people were open, hungry. We went back and we ate at the Trump Hotel restaurant. And as we were sitting there eating, uh, the lady that was the manager came over to all the different tables when speaking to people. She came to our table. And so that one of the ladies at our table that uh, had already met her, she said, now, her name is Carolyn and we've already met and she's just moved here from New York City. So she comes to our table and she said, um, I said, well, we just heard you're from New York City. Yes, she said, all the New Yorkers are sick and tired of what's been going on in New York and they're leaving. And she said, I got this job opportunity. I moved here one week ago. And I said, well, Carolyn, I said, have you ever made Jesus Lord in your life? She said, no. I said, would you like to? Yes. Just as quick. I mean, no reasoning, no no uh, challenging to, you know, sometimes you have to reason with people in America. But she was desperate. She was hungry. She was um, ready for change. And so she had just moved here. Now, my late husband used to say this, that people are the most open to the gospel when they've just moved to a place because they don't know anybody. And if you're friendly to them, they'll listen to you. And then when people need a miracle and they, they, they're desperate for a miracle, they'll listen to you. Uh, and then also when people have just lost a loved one or lost a job, they're very open. And so w that's where we need to hit while the iron is hot. And so, um, so with her, it was so easy. And then I shared with her about finding a good church that was alive. I said, you'll go into churches and you can tell pretty much when you first walk in, if the worship is not very, uh, energizing and, and motivating to you, I said, it's pretty much a dead church. But I said, if you go into a church and you feel life, you feel life. I mean, your worship here is life. You can feel it. And so I said, when you feel that, I said, that's pretty much an, an indicator that it's a live, live church. And so um, uh, stick around and, and, you know, get you a Bible. Get you a Bible that, you know, you can understand and start reading it every day. So, you know, I just shared some basic, simple truths with her about walking with the Lord, her Christian walk with the Lord. I share that because uh, many times we make witnessing so hard. It's not it's not. It's being sensitive really is what it is. Being sensitive to people that you come in contact with. When you're sensitive to other people, you pick up on things. I find that other people, that many times Christians don't pick up on things with people. And so they just, they stay focused on themselves or what their little job is when they go in that store or they go in that uh, situation and uh, their minds are on other things. And we have to be let our minds be opened to the Holy Spirit. We have to let our, our spirit be sensitive to people that we come in contact with. Why? Because there are people that are ready. They don't know they're ready. They don't know what they need. They just know that they need something. And you and I, we have the answer. Yes. So we're the ones that prepare the way of the Lord. Now, in the times we're living in, we have to know these times we're in. So... Um, I'm trying to hurry. Okay. Knowing the times we're in, 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous in some versions says fierce, difficult, okay? Well, there's only one other scripture where that little word fierce is used in the New Testament, and it's a Greek word, chalipas. Chalipas is only used one other place, and it's Matthew 8, 28. In Matthew 8, 28, two demon-possessed men came out at Jesus and the disciples as they had just crossed over the Sea of Galilee. They had just made it over to the other side, and these two demon-possessed men came out at them just, you know, crazy, wild, violent, dangerous. And so this word chalipas has that meaning. It means dangerous. It means difficult. It means uh, times of great stress, it, high stress. It means uh, unpredictable. Those, uh, those demon-possessed guys were unpredictable. Well, these times we're living in, they are unpredictable. It also has the meaning of words being spoken that are emotionally hard to bear. When we, uh, if you listen to the TV, the news, or anything, you're hearing words that are emotionally hard to bear. I don't listen to that news. I get my conservative news on my phone, and um, I pass it on to other people because I have to guard my heart. I have to guard my faith. Because we're living in a time where the news media wants to promote fear and wants to promote a message of, uh, of socialism, of communism. Uh, you know, I, we have members in our church that came out of the former Soviet Union. People that have come out from other nations and uh, that have been overrun by communism or socialism. And they can tell you, socialism is just a, a, a smaller or lighter form of communism. And Karl Marx... Uh, one Estonia pastor told me, he said he was of the devil. <laughs> now, now, Karl Marx, he uh, was from a family where, you know, uh, he, had, he had started out as a Christian, but then he rejected God, and he became an atheist. And, um, and so then he wrote this thing of the utopia. There's no utopia that can happen until Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom on the earth. We know that because man is not capable of setting that up. Man will always want to control. And so um, before uh, Jesus returns, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us before this gathering of all the believers up unto him, he said, don't let yourselves be troubled, soon shaken, uh, or disturbed. He said, there will be a falling away of some as, as that day is approaching. But he says, um, that which restrains is holding back the Antichrist before the wicked one, before he is revealed. And so uh, we're in a time where this, uh, then he said that spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the earth. So it's been at work for 2,000 years. Sometimes people say, well, you know, people have been saying the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming uh, for many, many years. Billy Graham said, I preached it for years from the 40s all the way up to what, before he died. He said, but I can tell you, I now, he said, back then, I preached it because the word said it. He said, but now I see that the signs all around us are so evident of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Oral Roberts said the same thing when we were talking with him. He said, Genesis chapter uh, 6, verse 11, uh, talks about how in the days of Noah, Noah was a just man. And, and God looked down on the earth and he grieved him at the corruption uh, and the violence uh, on the earth. And uh, he said, I'm going to destroy the earth. Uh, 
but he chose Noah out of that, out of the earth to be the one who would build an ark that would be a place for his family to go into and for two of every kind of animals to start all over again later. And so uh, that's what happened after the flood. They started all over again, and God put the rainbow in the sky saying, you know, this is my covenant, and I won't, I won't flood the earth again like I flooded it then. Okay, so, um, so Oral said, uh, Matthew 24 speaks of as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Well, uh, as in the days of Noah, Oral said uh, up until like 2008, 10, he said, we have not yet seen the, um, the corruption and violence that's yet to come. But he said, we're close. We're getting there. And so then it was after that in 2010 that um, we began to hear about a group called ISIS. We began to hear about other terrorist groups. We had really not heard about it before. How many of y'all remember that? We had not really heard a lot about terrorist groups prior to that. We, we knew 9-11 had happened, yes. Uh, but we, we didn't know a whole lot about the different terrorist groups. And then we began to hear more and more about that. Uh, we see that this antichrist spirit in the world has uh, intensified. In January 2008, my husband, a late husband, turned to me one day, and we, we'd been praying. He says, I get inside of me. Everything's about to intensify. He passed the next year, end of 2009. But since that time, what I've seen is an intensifying, whether we talk about an intensifying of the violence in the earth or we're talking about the intensifying of sickness and disease. Uh, Brother Roberts used to say they're having to think up names now to call sickness and disease because there's so many new ones that have sprung up. And so uh, we are in this uh, battle, spiritual battle, not, uh, Paul said, not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, spiritual wicked, uh, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, Ephesians 6, 12. So we recognize there's demonic spirits. They are above us. Uh, what we see right in the sky above us, that's the first heaven where birds fly, planes fly. But then above that is what is called the second heaven. It's the invisible realm. And then the third heaven is that, that place where God God's uh, heaven is, God's realm is. And so um, we recognize that when Daniel was praying in Daniel chapter 10, the angel of the Lord had come down to him and said, I, we heard your prayer the first day, but, uh, and I came. But I've been in a battle with the prince of Persia. It was a spirit uh, that was over Iran, Iran and Persia, same same thing. It's been in, in, over this, this geographical area, and I had to call upon Michael, the warrior angel, to come and help me get through to you with the answer to your prayer. And he said, and I will go back through that area, and also I will fight against the prince of Greece. He was referring to spirit beings. And so we recognize there's spirit beings over geographical areas. There's spirit beings that are, that are over the culture that we, that we have around us uh, right now. Uh, I believe that's the rulers of darkness. I believe that they, they uh, are being used through this, this culture right now that's trying to take our world in a godless direction. Uh, whether that's accepting homosexuality as normal or transgenderism as normal, uh, whether that is accepting adultery as normal, that you just are fornication, that you just, you know, 
have sex outside of marriage and it's no big deal. It is a big deal to God. Sin is a big deal to God. It's like Franklin Graham said, our problem in America is sin. It's a sin problem. You know, our, the problem in the world around us is a sin problem. So as believers, we recognize that in this battle that we're in, we have to, number one, know who we are in Christ. You have to know who you are in Christ. You are, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a new creation. Your old life passed away once you surrendered to Jesus. All things became new. And you are now in Christ. So underlining everything in the Bible that says in him, of him, through him, by him, to him. Because that is now who you are. Getting that established inside of you. Then establishing inside of you what is your strengths? What is your giftings? Don't try to be somebody else. You've got to be who you are. And the, you've got to function in the giftings and strengths that God has given you. Sometimes I remember when I was uh, younger, you know, people would say, oh, I wish I could play, play the piano like Miriam, you know. Well, you can't. And so, you know, you can, you, you know, uh, you can play the piano and you can do it to the best of your ability. You know, uh, we can't be somebody else is what I'm trying to say. We have to... Find out, Lord, what it is that you want me to do, and I will strengthen that gifting. I will work on that gifting. I will use that gifting for your glory. Some people are really good with numbers. I'm not. And I was a secretary one time. Uh, they put me over the money, and I just said, please deliver me. I will clean bathrooms. I'll do anything else. Don't put me over this. I pray over it every day. I pray. I pr have people anoint me with oil. I collect little dimes and nickels to make it balance. And I said, um, but just take me off. They said, no, no, we like you because you're good with people. I said, I'll be good with people. But I said, just remove me from this, this position. Why? Because I knew my strength. I knew... I knew what I could do and what was not, not my realm. Another thing is once you find your realm, then stay in your lane. Because many times people start to move out of their lane into somebody else's lane. Sometimes people, like I, my husband wanted to do everything. And, uh, you know, uh, he had to find his, his lane. He had to find, you know, because you can't do everything. You've got to find your place. So knowing who you are and then um, knowing Knowing your enemy. Now, what I'm giving you is the art of war. How many of you are military background? And you understand the art of war, correct? Correct? You guys are... Okay, know yourself, know your enemy, and know your commander's voice and obey him. Because sometimes your commander sees things you can't see and knows things you don't know. And so you have to be willing to obey when you see things are differently. When you think you know better, you have to obey that commander's voice. So those three things, know yourself, know your enemy. You know, how does your enemy operate? You have to know how he operates. I mean, General Patton knew how his enemy operated in World War II. You know, you, you know these, these various uh, people that uh, are in the military that study war, they learn how their enemy thinks. They learn what his moves are going to be uh, the, next, the next thing. And so we have to understand our enemy is Satan. He wants, to, he wants to defeat us. And we have to understand that he tries to defeat us through unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, pride. He tries to bring us down with pride. He tries to put temptation of uh, a lust for, for another person, 
that we're not married to. Or he tries to present to us uh, situations that would cause us to compromise, you know, and to take a little money from this, you know, and think we're okay. Nobody saw it. He tries, to, he tries to do different things to pull us away from our purpose. Why? Because he knows we are his enemy. We are his adversity. We are fighting against him. And this is why we're told in Jude 3, earnestly contend. Earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to you. There's those that are over into lasciviousness. That just, seems, that just means that they were over into uh, fulfilling their lust, unrestrained lust. And so uh, he said there's some that have... Turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, unrestrained lust, just doing whatever you want to do, that it's okay. God loves you. God will love people and let them go to hell. He doesn't want them to go to hell, but he loves people. That is not the issue. The issue is us. He gave everyone free will, and we have to freely will to obey the voice of the Lord, to hear that, to learn that voice. You learn that voice through the word of God. You learn that voice by, by spending time in that word. You learn that voice through prayer. You learn that voice through then obeying that voice, and then you learn it a little bit sharper. You know, uh, there's a guy that's on staff with us in our security, and he was a sharp shooter. He was a Marine. Any Marines? Okay. Well, anyway, he was a sharp shooter. In, uh, he was over in Afghanistan. And um, so I had him come into my class one time because I teach in Victory Bible College. And uh, I had him come in and just to share, I said, now tell me about your, your gun there. He said, well, you know, we had to learn how to take it apart and put it back together uh, with our eyes closed. Wow. See, your weapon is, is the word of God. Do you know how to rightly handle your weapon? Can you take it apart and put it back together? You know, I mean... Uh, there are those who can wrongly handle the word of God if there are those that can rightly handle it. That's why you've got to learn that word so that when you're in conversation with people, you can be able to answer them. You can be able to say, and, and if you can't answer them, just to say, you know what, I don't know right now, but I'll get back with you on it. That way, you know, you're not just, uh, they're not defeating you. The enemy's not defeating you in the conversation. You're able to say, I'll get back with you. I'll find out and I'll get back with you. Why? Because we're in a, a time of questioning. I mean, we're in a society, a culture that says question everything. And I remember when that started, I remember thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, you know. Um, when Zachariah was told that he and his wife were going to have a child, he and Elizabeth, he had prayed for one 25 years before. But, you know, and it hadn't happened. So he, he probably dismissed it from his mind. When the angel said, you and Elizabeth are going to have a baby, he, he, he said, how in the world are we going to have a baby? We are old. She's old, I'm old. So his question was not one of how is it going to happen that uh, we, wanna, we want to know we're, we'll be willing and obedient. His question was, I don't believe you. So the angel said, okay, you're not going to be able to talk until the baby's born. Then the angel went to Mary and said, you're going to have a child. By the, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow. And that word overshadow, guys, it means dominate. The Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you. So when you pray, Lord, dominate, overshadow this situation. Following that verse, it says, for with God nothing is impossible. I'm telling you, when we pray for God to overshadow it, we're saying, God, dominate it. 
And so God, when the Holy Spirit, the angel said the Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow your body, Mary, so that that which is impossible with man is possible with God. And so, um, so Mary, her question was, how is this going to be since I'm a virgin? Hers was not a question of doubt and unbelief. Hers was a question of how is it going to happen because I will cooperate. She said, then be it unto me according to your word. So in our lives, we, we recognize that um, God is going to do some supernatural things, some unusual things in our lives and through our lives. We have to be willing and obedient. We have a free will. We can either will to do what God says or we can will not to. And so we're in that time where the Holy Spirit is stirring hearts right now. He's saying, will you be willing? You know, I, I, I used to think that my life with my husband was normal. And then after he passed, I got to thinking, our life really wasn't normal. <clears throat> you know, a while ago when I was singing and my, I started to cough, a little trickle started trying to tickle not my throat. I was not having a sore throat. I was not having any problems. And then that just, why? Because the enemy wanted to stop me. And I know that. That's why a lot of times I sing through it or I'll speak through it because I know how the enemy operates. And we have to be determined in our hearts. We're not going to let the devil stop us. We have to be determined in our hearts to say, Lord, you know, I'm going to let you use my life. And even if I feel tired at times, how many of you have ever been tired? Yeah, you press through tired. You know that the Lord has put something in your spirit and you, you need to do that. And so um, there are times when military people feel tired when, when doing what they're doing. And, and they, they know that if they, if they just stop, they're in trouble. <laughs> you know, because there is a sergeant that's going to be, you know, correcting them. So, you know what? You press through tired. You press through uh, things. And you find that you get great, greater strength. When you press through. Um, so anyway, when my husband passed, uh, we had stood for his healing. And so then when he uh, passed, I, I believed that he saw over to the other side. Now, the other side is much better than this side. But we, uh, many times, we, we lock into this side. And so he had a big smile on his face, you know, just stuck. And he hadn't been able to hold a smile for a long time. And so... Um, Anyway, I was worshiping the Lord. I was, I was speaking scriptures, you know, Lord. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirty seven says, even the uh, women receive their dead back to life again by faith. I release my faith right now for him to come back. And, you know, it didn't happen. So, you know, I was worshiping the Lord. And I looked down his face. It's got a big smile on it. And I knew he was already there. And he was ready to be there, stay there. And so, um, so anyway, afterwards, you know, I... Uh, I heard the Lord. I cried. Yes, I cried on that day. And uh, the next day, you know, I had moments. And so then the third day, I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, you got to rise up and steady the ship and take it forward. You're the one people have seen by his side. They're watching you. Now, there's some people that would have said, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and take a year off, you know. But the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord spoke to my heart, you've got to hear my voice, oh, maybe. If I don't obey that voice, what happens is I stop hearing that voice. I develop a hardness. Now, this is why Hebrews 3, 7 says, today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart like the children of Israel did in the day of provocation in the wilderness. 
we have to choose not to harden our heart to that voice. Not to shove that voice aside. But to say, Holy Spirit, I want to know your voice. I want to obey it. And I want to grow in obeying it. And so uh, that's where we are right now. And so uh, we understand we are the voice preparing the way of the Lord. Uh, we have to rightly be able to handle our, our, the word of truth. We have to be able to, um, you know, uh, be willing in the day of his power. Uh, and we have to be uh, willing to uh, see the things of the enemy and not, not just shove it aside. I believe God gives us little promptings. He gives us little thoughts at times to warn us. He tries to show us things ahead of time. He tries to give us discernment. Um, discernment is sensitivity. You know, he, he's in us. Every believer gets the Holy Spirit to come inside of them when they're born again. But not every believer has discernment. Why? Because they don't develop their sensitivity. And we develop that sensitivity. The more we use what we've received from God, we develop that sensitivity. Sometimes, like, you know, I heard the Lord say I was supposed to get a knee operation. When, here I was praying for other people. I had seen people healed of multiple sclerosis. I had seen people healed of cancer. And then I heard the Lord say, get that knee surgery. And I did. I obeyed that voice. Sometimes it won't make sense to your natural mind. Your natural mind will argue with the, that voice. You've got to hear the voice of God. And then you obey that voice and release your faith in God. You know, because you've got to release your faith when you go under surgery. I mean, you know. Um, so the point is, is that can we hear that little voice? Are we sharpening ourselves to it? Hebrews 5, uh, 14, the last verse, it says, I wanted to speak to you uh, with stronger things, meat. But I couldn't. I had to speak to you with milk. Uh, you're like babes in righteousness because you've not exercised your spiritual senses to discern between right and wrong. So we, the more you exercise your spiritual senses, the more you grow and you grow in your discernment. And the Holy Spirit is in you to help you discern what is good, what is not, what is God, what is not. And uh, there's times when you'll be, you know, kind of moving slowly forward, and you'll think, okay, I'm not sure here. And the Holy Spirit will help you divide between what is of your soul, what is of your spirit. And so, um, Lord, right now, I pray for all of these. I pray right now for all of us here. You need each one of us to prepare the way because you said, you're, you're raising up an army in these last days. You're raising up believers, Lord, to bring in a final harvest. And Lord, give us sensitivity. Help us to move in you, Holy Spirit. Help us to not be so caught up in our own self-focused direction that we can't see, we can't hear. We want to hear your voice, Holy Spirit. We want to follow your lead in the name of Jesus. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Sharon, I realize that there's been times where I've hardened my heart to that voice. And today, I'm making a choice. I'm making a decision. I'm not going to harden my heart. I'm going to hear and follow that voice. If that's you, lift your hand. You're making that decision today. Yeah, 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 yeah should be all of us. 
I'm making that decision today. We've all hardened our heart at some time. We've all had a moment of hardness of heart. It's not like you're a hard-hearted person. You just had a moment. And God's saying right now, do you want to hear his voice and follow his lead? If that's you, lift your hand. Yeah, he needs you. He needs all of us. All right. Now, if you're here and you realize you need more, you recognize you need this empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're surrendered to Jesus, but you need this empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. If that's you, lift your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this empowerment, one of the first signs is praying in tongues. But then he begins to release the gifts to us as we're willing to cooperate with him. So there's several hands that went up on that. And I know that the one brother received the Lord earlier. But if anyone is here today and you're saying, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus, just lift your hand. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask those that lifted your hand if you would come to the front right now. Uh, for either of the, any of those invitations, you just feel like you need to receive prayer. And um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives as Christians. Come on up. If you lifted your hand, come on up because um, there's other believers that are going to they're gonna come up behind you. I'm going to ask other uh, believers that are here in this congregation to come up and stand behind these that come up because that enforces that in our lives. And we want to help you to uh, receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God in your life because you need it. When you pray in the Spirit, many times you don't know what you're praying, but the Holy Spirit will take over and pray the will of God through you. And then there are times when you pray in the Spirit that the Holy Spirit will uh, speak to you about things. He'll just drop something in you like it'll pull, but he'll pull back the curtain and you'll be able to see something. I've known of people that they saw things uh, and they were just led to drive their car to a certain place. I mean, Terry, who's going to speak next week, uh, he was led by the Lord one Saturday morning. He got in his car and the Lord said, now turn this way, turn that way. And he went to this uh, park area. He was looking for a guy. And when he went there, the guy walked around the building and he was in shock. How did you know where I was? <laughs> He'd been praying for this guy because the guy had left his wife and gotten involved in uh, porn and all of this stuff. Anyway, and he had been a missionary, but he got restored. Why? Because Terry was praying in tongues and he heard that little voice tell him to go and he did and he found him and was able to restore the guy. Over a process of time, the guy got back with his wife. He got back on the mission field. God did a restoration. So God needs us to be empowered. You're, you're not going to just start speaking in tongues at somebody because you have control over it. But it is something that will be released in you in your prayer life so that it will strengthen you. It will help you. And so, um, Pastor Phil, do you want to come up? Do you want me to pray? You, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Now, the Bible says um, 
If you ask, you will receive. God gives good gifts. He doesn't give evil gifts. Then he says uh, that we should open our mouths and he will fill it. This is from the Psalms. And then Isaiah said, with stammering lips and another tongue, he would speak to his people. This is a rest and refreshing. And then we, we hear uh, how that on the day of Pentecost, they began to speak and the Holy Spirit took over, gave them the utterance or the language. But that was not just on the day of Pentecost. It was later, all through the book of Acts. This experience was happening to Gentiles and to Jews that the Holy Spirit would come and they would, they would begin to speak in other tongues. They didn't know those languages. But what happens is he takes over and he prays through us. It doesn't have to be anything. Uh, it can be emotional. It cannot be emotional. I mean, the main thing is, is that the Holy Spirit takes over and prays through us. So we yield ourselves to him. So he's not going to come down and open your mouth and move it. But you open your mouth. You give your voice to God. And the Holy Spirit comes. And then he begins to give you a language. So that as you speak, it's the Holy Spirit taking over in your life. All right? So I want us to all pray this prayer together with me out loud. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I open my heart to you. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I receive right now. I believe. I will speak in tongues. I will be yielded to you. To hear you, Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Hallelujah. That's it. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.